Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, Hedvig! Like your blood knows the way From your heart to your brain Knows it's your We are back with Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch, the podcast where we analyse and tear down the walls surrounding the movie masterpiece that is Hedvig and the Angry Inch, chapter by chapter. I am your usual host, John. Hey, hello, hello. And I am joined once again by a very, very special guest. It's a special guest every week, and I say this every single time as well. But today we have the Gold Rush's own Miss Taylor Trash. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Oh, my Lord. Why, thank you ever so for having me on your podcast. I sure am excited to be here. <laughs> oh, you have got me through the last few uh, weeks of, of the current, dare I say, lockdown, uh, because I, I found the gold rush on YouTube. I was very, very bored, and I was just like, oh, I need something to do. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and I found it. And I watched every episode like in the blink of an eye. Oh my! Well, from both seasons. <laughs> both seasons. I actually started with season two and then went back to one. Oh my lord! You've done it a time hall. Yes, yes. Because I thought, you know, start with the what's current. Start with the new. Uh, but then, of course, it does reveal the winner of season one. <laughs> I suppose that is that is a problem, yes, of our continuity on the web series. <laughs> um, but season three is currently in production, so that should hopefully be out in a in some time. I will not put a date on it, but it should be hitting sometime soon. Oh. Well, I'm very excited. People, if you have not watched The Gold Rush, go onto YouTube and find it because it's amazing. And what I love about it, especially with the current climate, uh, again, I don't really want to mention that too much because I want the podcast to be evergreen. But, you know, it lets you feel like you're out at a show because it's not like like your drag races and stuff. Like, oh, it's, a, you know, it's in a studio. It's literally filmed at a live show and you get that atmosphere and it's fucking awesome and it feels like you're out. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> that is just the vibe that we were trying to get to make, you know, to put across with the web series. <laughs> hey, well, you've succeeded. I'm going to drop the accent now, though, if that's all right. <laughs> just because I know you're going to be sitting there thinking, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm used to it. Uh, I'm also used to you dropping it because even on the web series, you'll randomly, I know. when there's clips of you, slip out of it. It happens because the thing is, it's a ca- it's character. And then I always, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the live shows, I, I mean, having done so many competitions myself, I really know how it feels and I can really empathize <laughs> with people. So when someone's leaving, it feels really disingenuous for me to be standing there going, Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for all the time. <laughs> it just feels so fake when I'm yeah, really yeah. honestly, truly grateful for the people that take part in it and, you know, and, and become part of our uh, wider drag community. <laughs> I mean? Oh, well, that's that's one of the best things about it. I think is the um, <laughs> the sincerity does come across uh, in the vein of like a like a camp on a kiki. Like you know, that's if you've seen that, that's a very nice competition. I met them at um, RuPaul's Drag Con 
and um, I think I petrified them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, I love your show, and I am doing a web series too. And it, they literally looked at me like I had about eight heads. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, my God, what is happening? Please literally, get away from me. <laughs> You probably would think that if there was like a, you know, a seven-foot a uh, person with like a beard and a big Dolly Parton wig dressed in neon pink leopard, like running towards you, you probably would think, what the hell is this? Hey, if anyone's used to it, it should be them. <laughs> but you'd think. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if people are joining me for the first time, people do randomly drop in at uh, different episodes. <laughs> you can go back and listen to your current reigning Queen of Camp, Tora Hyman is a guest on the show. So go back and listen to that one after this. Listen to this first. We are here today to talk about chapter 21. Oh my God, people, there's only 22. My age. <laughs> oh God, that feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> I wish, actually, no, I don't wish I was 21. I was stupid when I was 21. Same. Hmm, I think 30 was a good number. If I'd stayed 30... I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I think I'd be happy with anything other than 36. Everything seems to be going wrong for me this year. <laughs> oh, oh, everyone, don't worry. Don't worry, it's everybody, not you. Uh, and uh, Chapter 21 is titled Midnight Radio, the name of our Patreon show. Ooh, who, who could have imagined that connection? And uh, we, we start on an extreme close-up of the forehead cross. But this time it's not Tommy, it's Hedvig, sans wig. Sans everything, Hedwig unplugged, which is just unusual. But we saw the breakdown last time. Uh, but first off, I think the makeup is amazing. When it zooms out, you see like their uh, eye makeup and everything. I try and do this to my eyes, and I end up looking like a deranged panda. <laughs> so this really, you know, does speak to the work of uh, of Mike Potter here. This is this is amazing. It looks wonderful. And Hedvig wearing it adds more sort of fuel to the fire of the people who I've had on who think that uh, Hedvig and Tommy are the same person. Oh, interesting concept. Hmm. That's interesting because I suppose that that theory would speak to the whole idea that there's those the whole idea of the two elements coming together. Yes. Yeah, I just sort of, I don't know, I sort of could see that in some ways. It's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, yeah. I was often wondering if it was sort of like a conversation about gender identity or something. Uh, oh, definitely. You know, maybe it's, it's probably is a lot of layered things in that vein. That's what's really good about the whole movie. Everything can be read multiple ways. And that's why it stands up as like... <laughs> to get deep, it stands up as a piece of art because, mm-hmm. as, as I've mentioned on the show, I'm a David Lynch fan, for instance. Yeah. And in a weird way, it kind of feels a bit like his movie Lost Highway in that somebody fantasizes about an alternate life. And because they fantasized it, it literally gets created like another person is formed from it and they live out that life. Mm. <laughs> they like emerge from your brain. Like a desperately unhappy character. You know, yeah, growing yeah. up and, and almost like um, fantasizing and having this sort of escapism yeah. through their fantasy. And of course, they ended up becoming uh, Hedwig from Hansel, which was unexpected in, the, in their uh, mind. So, yes, you know, they maybe always saw themselves as Tommy and Ossus. Like, that's who I wanted to be originally. Mm. And then it didn't and then it didn't transpire. 
No. Sadly, a lot of things we plan don't. You know, when, when we're children and we're like, this is what I'm going to do. Nah, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's what happens every time I get ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm like, it's going to look like this. And then it does it. <laughs> I always have a grand plan, like, I'm going to do this new look with this. And it just ends up looking the same as it always looks. It's just like, because I'll, I'll spend 40 minutes trying this new thing with my eyes. It's like, no, it's not working. Just go back to the one thing I can do. Oh, yeah, literally same, same. It, that's what I'm like with colours. Like, I'll always stick to the same colour eyeshadows because I often find that I will just, like, something something will happen in my head and it won't, it won't work. And it's the same method, but it's just a different colour and it will not work. And I'm like, oh, well, better go back to blue then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, stick to what works. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. If it's working, there's a reason. <laughs> well, that's what's um, interesting. Just to go back to this, to, to, to relay this back to that scene, actually. Like, um, when Hedwig passes over the wig, mm. like, I, I found that was a, an interesting moment, you know, for sort of like... Oh, I love that. If you want, if you want to say, like, trying something new, it's sort of like this... Um, it feels like it's this inner desire. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. I can't remember what his name is. Is it? Oh, Yitzhak. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. This is me trying to remember now. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it feels like it's this sort of like unspoken desire that that he wants to to, to do drag performance or to. Oh, that's perfect. You've hit the nail on the head, right? Because in the deleted scenes. Um, which they filmed and everything, like they're on the on the DVD on the Blu-ray. Uh, Yitzhak, they are a drag queen. When Hedvig meets them, they're a drag queen. Um, uh, it, where are they? They're in I can't remember. They're in Eastern Europe, somewhere, Croatia or something, doing a show, and they meet them, and they're called Crystal Nacht. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, and they they hook up because. Uh, Crystal Nacht is obsessed with Hedvig and thinks they're amazing. And Hedvig takes the uh, takes him her with her on the one condition that she drops the drag. Like you can't do that ever again. Oh wow! I'm not going out with you if you do that. So this is yeah, it, you've hit the nail on the head. You are on the money. That is what it's going for. Even though you've not seen the deleted scene. How interesting! And so you know, like Crystal Nacht is the night when the Nazis smashed up all of the Jewish jewellers. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Yitzhak is a Jewish character. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah. Which, again, it doesn't really come across as much in the Finnish version. There's only one bit, I think, where it's alluded to, which is wig in a box. They're wearing like a chef's hat and it's got some, I think, some Yiddish or something on the hat. Oh, oh how interesting. This is really, isn't it really funny when you start talking about things? Because, you know, when you're sort of like watching a film, you can be, you can watch it as many times as you want and still be quite passive mm. to it. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's what I've discovered doing this. Once you talk about a movie, suddenly things start coming out like, oh, wait, hang on. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you were totally right with, with Yitzhak. Um, so, that, yeah, when Hedvig gives them the wig, it's kind of like I'm freeing you to be yourself again. You you be you. Then there's that cut, isn't it? Isn't there? And then it's them mm. um, like crowd surfing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. But the so other amazing. thing as well that I found was quite interesting for for when this film was made was the fact that the husband appears to be played by a female-bodied actress. Yes. So I'm like, what is the significance 
behind that decision? Is it to sort? Is it really to say to an audience, like this whole gender thing really just is a joke, and it doesn't? It's it's not. Yeah, you know, I sort of that's that's kind of the questions that that I threw up. Um, it's got to be that, hasn't it? That's what I've always thought because you know, Hedvig, you've got a, a man playing a well, a trans woman essentially. Yeah. Well, I think John Cameron Mitchell prefers to say they're just gender fluid or non-binary, that kind of thing. Um, and then you've got a woman playing a man who is a drag queen. I just find that very interesting. I think it is just to sort of, sort of fuck with cis straight people's minds a little bit. Like, what's going on? Mm. <laughs> mm. Which is especially powerful for the time, as you say. Like, that was unheard of in film at least i mean when when was this early 2000s yeah yeah it was yeah it's crazy it's really crazy because like you know so like doing uh gold rush and 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 having a lot of um female body female identifying performers stepping forward and wanting to do drag and facing a lot of challenges that come with it Mm. it sort of feels like uh, a conversation that i've been privy to for probably like the last five years maybe um, and I know that that may sound that may sound a little bit um, like where the hell have you been? Have you been living under a rock before that? But um, <laughs> no. you know, I I only really started like drag performance about or well, doing drag about six, maybe seven years ago. I've lost count now. But oh, um, it was very insular, and I wasn't really out and about. I was only just dressing up and going to parties. You know? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> you know what I mean, so I wasn't really yeah, and I wasn't really a part of it, and I didn't. You know, it's only when I started to put on shows that it, people started to to look differently at you, and then you you take on a different role within the community, I guess, without sounding like I'm blowing smoke up my hole or anything. It's that kind. No, of, you know, people look to you for things. So now I was just like, you know, you start to open your horizons and and meet people from different experiences. Mm. So I just find it really interesting that it's something that would be shown in a film like this all those years ago and it feels like really now there's a massive um push for people who are female bodied or female identifying to to have a space within drag oh definitely and you see people you still see people sort of kicking off about it and causing the commotion like i don't get it like i i don't get it you know you've got some fantastic um Drag performers like people like Victoria Scon, for example, mm. um, brilliant uh, drag performer. Yeah, you know, um, check them out. <laughs> <laughs> Look them up, everybody. Yeah, do check them out. They're really fab. Um, lovely person as well. And it's like you know, so many people are deprived the opportunity to to find a stage. And it's in this film, it's interesting that. Um, somebody who would probably have been deprived of their rights because of their transness would then impose restrictions on their partner to not be able to um, express themselves and and their ge- or you know their gender that way. If you want, I'm like, what does that say? Like, I think it sort of stems from Hedvig. So th- their past is very abusive. I'm not excusing it, but their past is very abusive. Oh my god! Hundred percent. Like with the yeah. who is I can't. Is it Luther? Luther. Yes. 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 I can remember some names. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I promise I'm not sat here with like Wikipedia open or anything. You probably, if you can see me on the camera, you're probably like, oh my god, step away from the phone because 
<laughs> my forehead is probably filling the hole. No, you can't see it, though. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful forehead you have, Miss Trice. Oh, I think. I'm all, I'm all forehead. I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry, I've totally lost the plot of what we were <laughs> oh yeah luther luther um... yeah so there was that whole thing because like you know they sort of it's almost like in some ways he comes along and sort of finds this young person and then snatches them away and then mm. um has them like living in like a trailer park yeah which i know can be a, a real journey for some people <laughs> and then you know and then runs off with with like some twink <laughs> yeah yeah literally <laughs> Just like, okay, I've had enough of you now. Bye. (laughs) So it's kind of an abusive, coerced sort of thing. But in a weird way, that leads Hedvig to embracing all aspects of themselves and stuff eventually. But they have to go through that journey first. And, Mm. you know, for this movie is the journey. They haven't been on it yet. They are just, I am living as Hedvig now. Mm. And there's no thinking about things there's no coming to terms with anything there's no growth and the other thing as well is it they're constantly like chasing um the tommy gigs aren't they yes yeah they're following them around it it makes it even more apparent in the stage show but yeah they're basically playing across the road from every tommy gig which is crazy in itself <laughs> it's it's stalkerish that's quite it's, yeah it's really interesting when you think about it actually because there's a lot of there's a lot of layers and a lot of individual like strands of narrative playing out at the same time that you could mm. that you could read into. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even when it switches into the the um, you know the, the illustrated um, animation element, oh, I love it yeah. as well. You know, well, and I think as well like Hedvig, sort of, they've become because they feel it like a necessity. They've become a bit narcissistic. They are the star. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, Yitzhak, you can join me, but you cannot upstage me. Yes. You can't be the beautiful one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you see it in the first scene of the movie, really, when they're singing. Mm. And uh, Yitzhak it, you know, hits a really cool high note, and Hedvig disconnects their microphone. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. There does seem that rivalry between them, doesn't there? Like, it's quite... Um... Mm. Like, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. That's so frustrating. But you, you can see the tension between them. It's sort of a little bit like Sid and Nancy. They're both kind of like, depends. Yeah. But very destructive uh, with each other. Oh, good. thank God it doesn't end the same way. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, luckily, Hedvig deals with their problems and frees Yitzhak from, uh, from their clutches. Yes. I wonder if they stay as a couple. That's why I've always thought... The, I mean, I'm probably going to talk about it more in the next chapter, but uh, technically, they're not necessarily breaking up here. No. Well, I mean, I wouldn't think so, but then I don't know how far I can... I mean, I don't know how far I can talk <laughs> about... Ah, say what you like. I, if it's too much, I'll just edit it out. Anyway. Okay, fam. Well, just the idea of, you know, when, at the end when they sort of... I can't... I, see, I don't remember how it happens necessarily. I think it just cuts to it, doesn't it? But they literally are walking naked in the street in like yes yes in the alley and it's like i suppose in some ways that scene is symbolic of the if this sort of shedding of all of the all of the shit and just being literally what you see is what you get they're like they're naked there's the vulnerability that comes with being mm-hmm. nude um it's it's the most natural thing as well um 
Yeah, it's Hedvig's rebirth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, like. and that, yeah, it really is that sort of like doesn't give a shit sort of. You know, there's nothing <laughs> more to say about not giving a shit than walking down the street naked. <laughs> and I totally get the vibe like Hedvig is now from that point on. You know, they 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 will act and look and be present however the fuck they like. Mm. Maybe they'll be you know, dressed as Hedvig with the wig and the clothes, maybe they won't. It doesn't matter anymore yeah. to them. That's irrelevant. That's It's bullshit. They'll do what they like. I think that's a really important message, you know. Like, for a lot of um, young queer people particularly, um, especially when we're all sort of, you know, growing up. So, I mean, I'm a cisgender gay guy, like, mm. um, but I have a lot of empathy for, for people who... who don't identify the same way as I do, you know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's, you know, I feel like I had my own experiences growing up that define how how I am now and um, and what I've done in the past, I suppose. Um, mm. So I can imagine how sort of, you know, important a film like this would be for someone who, who you know, could be um, questioning a lot of the things that they're being told and, and seeing around them. Um, oh, definitely. It was the first time I, because I'm non-binary, and it's the first time when this came out, like I'd even thought of that as a thing, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't say it in the movie. Like I, I'd never encountered this concept mm-hmm. before. Whereas what when you actually sit and watch this as many times as I have, it, it becomes quite apparent. Like that's the message it's getting mm-hmm. across. And I'm like, oh. See, that's it. It's what, yeah, because like the thing is, you know, I'm, I know it might sound a bit bizarre, but like even, um, and you know, you may remember this yourself, like even something like uh, 20 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, um, mm. everything was very black and white. I feel like you're either, yeah. you're either uh, trans and that meant that you, you uh, were male or female trans or you mm-hmm. were literally um gay or lesbian yeah, and yeah. like you know bisexual bisexuality was sort of just like unheard of almost well that still isn't really taken seriously yeah, sometimes. exactly exactly yeah it's like um you're almost uh you know you're one or the other it was always very black and white that- yeah, make a choice yeah yeah exactly i feel like that i feel like that a lot like especially when i was growing up like um I feel I, I can definitely feel like that. It, it was very black and white, and it's amazing now, really, to see so many people having like things like this film as a resource um, to look at and to be able to, you know, um, imagine if I could have seen this film when I was sort of finding myself, how different mm-hmm. a person I could possibly have been now, and other 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 resources as well, you know, that are out there. Well, actually, that brings up a good question that I didn't ask you. When did you first see it? We will get actually back to the scene in a minute, but when did you first watch it? Oh, my gosh. Um, it was back when I was at university, so it probably would have been pretty soon after it came out. Oh, cool. So probably maybe even before me, because I think I saw it. Oh, I'm going to contradict myself because I probably mentioned it in the first episode over a year ago, but it'll be around 2000 and. Four, five. I watched it. Maybe I might be around the same time because what I had was I was surrounded by friends of mine at university, and um, I mean I wasn't actually out when I was at university for a few years. 
Oh. I was like, yeah, I didn't really understand. I, I was the kind of kid that just locked themselves in their room and played Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, relatable. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, I had my blackout curtains. I could play Silent Hill in the daytime and it would be like nighttime in my bedroom. <laughs> I was quite happy with that. <laughs> That's literally all I've been doing today you know, is playing I mean, games all day. <laughs> this is literally it. So I was very much like that and I didn't think or see or hear anyone. And then when I went to university, it was just like a bit of a, a really odd uh wake up call for me and i met all these really interesting people and you know like i remember going to the library and finding um the queen the documentary oh i only just watched that last year as well yeah it's honestly brilliant i remember sneaking yeah well sneaking off the library and looking for sort of like gay cinema and going into a corner with this uh film about drag queens because i'd always wanted to do drag but been too scared about it and didn't really understand mm. what it was in my head and then I found, I remember sitting there and watching it on like the, you know, those TVs that had a VCR in them. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. In the yeah. library in a booth <laughs> and watching it and just thinking it was like one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. And then uh, the friends of mine, they used to do like a film club and um, they would, they'd watch things like the matrix and oh, um, yes. Priscilla and, um, and Hedwig was one of the other films. Like there was just, you know, like a really interesting group of people. And none of them actually, uh, as far as I know, identify as queer. They just were really um, interested in alternative cinema, I suppose, which is what it would have been mm. for someone like me growing up in North London, you know? <laughs> well, it's uh, that's uh, I've brought this up as well, but um, this movie appeals to everyone. You don't have to be queer. You don't have to be trans. You don't have to be non-binary. None of these things. Just like everybody can get something out of this movie. I think some people are a bit like almost scared to watch yeah. it. If, like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not queer. It's fine. You can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's dissipating a little bit now with uh, Drag Race. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, do you know, like, I mean, I, I mean I'm a big fan of the show, I think that it's Same. done amazing stuff. It's it's allowed a lot of people to be able to express themselves through through drag, which I think is is a wonderful thing. What I'm not a fan of is policing of of drag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know how you want to express yourself. I just think, uh, you know, whatever. Just let people let you let people live. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, no excuse. But they're they're just a rich old man. Oh yeah, well that's it. I mean, they're, they're they're making they've they've you know they probably feel like they've done their dues, and they don't yeah. really owe anybody anything anymore because they've done enough, you know. Um, yeah, and that's and that's completely fair enough. Like, but you're never going to change their mind. No, it's, I don't oh my think. god, I mean, you can try. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But I feel like at the same time, it's and this is something that I you know not obviously at all comparable on the same scale but it's something that i found myself with gold rush and the shows that we put on that people do look to you to set an example and mm. you know with with um with great power comes great responsibility right <laughs> ah yes do you know what I mean? <laughs> and there is that responsibility and if you understand that a lot of people that are within the queer community can be fragile people that really do need to have love and acceptance then you know what what difference does it make mm. that the person that's on on the show is for example a female body drag performer what difference does that really make you know the argument that they're at an advantage i'm like 
please show me the advantage that a female body person is at in this world and I'll give you uh, a medal because I don't believe it. <laughs> Do you know? Spot on. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know it sounds like, <laughs> I don't sound like I'm like reading from like the woke Bible or anything, but it's, do you know what? Do you know that's sort of how I feel. Like it's just it sort of baffles me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that we can eventually we'll see a change in that. I sort of do look to um, Drag Race UK to be honest to be the opportunity for us to be a bit more progressive because British drag hopefully is so different really to to a lot of um, any other type of drag in the world. I think personally. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. But it's, a, it's a, you know, the thing is, it draws parallels to stuff that's happening now. And, you know, the film was, what was it, 2003? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, 2001. So, like, you know, it's, that's what, 17, 18 years ago, let's just say, for argument's sake. And we're still, we're still sort of, have we moved on? You know, in some ways, yes, we have. In other ways, you know, I feel like yeah. sort of just coming to, uh, to a head for a lot of people yeah like we every time we move forward there's there's always a big reaction Mm. like at the moment it's people on twitter uh joking that i identify as an attack helicopter or something oh my god honestly honestly like what what is wrong with people it's just this is the other thing as well you know i i have to be honest i tend to keep my opinions to myself because i think no one needs to hear my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's kind of yeah. like, you don't need my opinion on what you're doing. That's your business. <laughs> so then, But then sometimes I do feel like I'm not possibly the best well-versed in a lot of things. So I do worry that I would put my foot in it. Um, but... No, as long as you're not doing anything maliciously, people understand, I think. And that's the difference. Yeah. Like, people always, they'll jokingly, like, you know, misgender you oh or something. God. And it's like, well... If you do it by accident, because I've had friends who accidentally do it and really apologise. And it's like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's these jerks who are the problem, not you. You're trying. No, I just think it's nobody's business. Why do you care? Well, do you know the other thing? I I always say say this with my friends. I'm like, lockdown got her good. That's what I always say. Or (laughs) lockdown got them good, whatever. Because it's literally like, I feel like that whole period in time just sent everybody off like oh yeah yeah you know it's like you all you've got you've got nothing to do apart from just sit inside uh, a pot and stew and fester in your own <laughs> juices and of course when you see something else you're going to immediately just bubble over because it's so you know it triggers you so much for some god knows you know what reason that is it, yeah it's definitely not helping matters no it? exactly exactly and it's like i feel like that's what's been happening with a lot of people is you know in 2020 at least <laughs> <laughs> well you know talking about people sort of living in their in their own heads uh, do you think that this song uh, midnight radio is is this literally happening like is this a gig is hedvig standing in front of an audience because you know she opens her eyes that she's there we don't know how she got here um is it internal uh. like because it's her biggest gig yet but is it her biggest gig of the mind, <laughs> you know, like she's she's uh, winning over her own audience, her own critics in her head. Yeah, I think there is definitely room for that as a as a, a way of saying you can. T- I think you can take it very literal. They they mm-hmm. they got their big gig in it's Times Square, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, they were they were in the bilge waters, which is the crappy restaurant they play in, and now all of a sudden they're here. Yeah, yeah. which still has bilge waters uh, stuff on the wall, but the, all the decors changed. Yes, you're right. You're right. Do you know what? That's really interesting. That's what I suppose. That's when that opens up the conversation because I imagine the you know they've laced the film with so many different cues to, to mm. guide you to understand it if your eyes are open. Like, when, if you were to, to to sit there passively and watch it, you think, oh, all right, they've travelled around, they've had their gigs, they've done pretty well. Now, actually, it's turned around. Mm. They've, you know, they've managed to, ch- to switch the narrative so now everyone understands that actually they were the person that wrote all the music and they're the reason that, it, that uh, Tommy's so successful. And now they're having their moment yeah. in the sun, but then it is all actually in the same location. It Maybe it's Hedwig letting go. Of, yeah, yeah. of all of that resentment that they've got towards um, Tommy, if, <laughs> if, yeah, if well. Tommy is actually another person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that's right, though, because that's what we were talking about in the last chapter was essentially it's Tommy and Hedvig sort of moving on and for, forgiving each other and like sort of saying this, this wasn't good for either of us but we've both you know grown from the experience we've both got something out of it but this is the end now we are we're we're separating amicably we're not going to be at odds anymore yeah possibly but it's definitely end of a chapter for them i think that's what's good about the ending when you first watch it it's a little bit like i know yeah (laughs) very much that as well like what but that was the whole way through the film Yeah, yeah. The first time you're just like, what am I watching? <laughs> like, you love it, but you, you, you're confused. And then, yeah, like, when you think about it more, that ending that seems kind of strange and weird and stuff, you realise it's actually quite hopeful and for the future and quite moving and like, oh, they're going on to something else. And and I think this, this really sets the stage for that, this song, because it's very moving and emotional it's deeply personal mm-hmm. like the lyrics you know it's got breathe feel love give free know in your soul like your blood knows the way from your heart to your brain knows that you're whole like Hedvig is now whole they've they've accepted a part of themselves that they they were denying before they've, they've completed themselves they don't need a partner a partner's nice mm. but they they have all they need now. They're complete. Yeah. That's lovely. <laughs> Come, I, I wish that for everybody. I know. Yeah. Well, they've, they've got the um, the tattoo, isn't it? haven't they, on, on their leg? Yeah. On their Me too. Bum. Is it? Where is it? I don't even... It's like the top of the bum. It's like the, the, the sort of the top of the hip. Would you call it the bag? <laughs> the, yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> I've I've got the same one on both sides. I've got the incomplete one and the complete no one. I felt a bit weird getting either. That's really cool. Well, I thought if you get like the incomplete one, that, what's that saying about yourself? Yeah, exactly. What does that say? Yeah. Yeah. And if you get the complete one, I don't know. That's not the iconic one. <laughs> it's quite telling as well, though, of how you've, you know, obviously you've decided upon that because it's resonated with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, as soon as I saw the movie, I was like, I need that. But I waited about fucking 50 no longer nearly 20 years no way <laughs> yeah crazy what? crazy it's coming up to 20 isn't it i think it will be yeah so it's 
in between the two numbers, 17. Wow. Just to, just to ask you, like, um, you know, what, what was it, if you don't mind me asking, what was it that um, attracted you to, to that tattoo choice? Because it's obviously something that you would, if it resonates mm. with you, it's just, I don't know, I find it interesting to... Well, it were, I mean, obviously I love the movie. So there's that level. And then if you want to go deeper, of course, there's just kind of, especially around the time I really embraced uh, different gender expressions and fluidity and being non-binary and things like that, when I really sort of understood that this is me, this explains me, that then it really took on a new level of like, oh, I, it speaks to me and for me. Like this is, this is me. I understand this totally. Granted, I wasn't uh, forced into any operations and made to move abroad. But, you know, um, the the gender journey and whatnot, I think, is is very important to me. Yeah, super cool. Thank you for telling me. I was just really interested because I was like, you know, it's it, it's interesting when, you know, someone can connect with something, especially film, I think. Film and music. Mm. Um Oh, my, my two loves. Literally, right? And, and video games. <laughs> but, that is my third love. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's very, um, <laughs> but like, it's interesting when you see, when, you know, when you see something and you connect to it and you feel, you know, moved enough to want to, um, to have it, you know, to wear it, like. Mm. Forever. That's it. <laughs> like, I just wonder as well, like, because when did, when did Hedwig get that tattoo themselves even? In the film. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, you never see that. You never hear of it. I wonder um, if it's symbolic to them and it means something to them. And that is why throughout the film, you have that very specific illustration style popping up every now and mm-hmm. again, because maybe it's supposed to be like their... Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's where you're... Um, it's like your subconscious doodles. Ah, you know, yes, it's when yes, you yes. when you people often doodle and and it's a sort of like a subconscious thing. Like you can get lost in it. I wonder if it's that. If especially it's like yeah. growing up, someone that's you know maybe maybe uh, I don't want to always keep going. Oh, maybe it's a queer person, but like if as, as anybody who might be a little bit more insular, you know, you mm. you would probably maybe find yourself alone. Maybe find that you are drawing a lot um and it's sort of like an escapism and you almost switch off you don't even realize you're doing it i want that sort of like those are those moments in the narrative of the film uh, visualized perhaps definitely no absolutely spot on spot on like that it represents themselves and they maybe did just sort of doodle it uh without thinking but it's it's their inner self coming out like i, I i'm not complete i'm not right i'm wrong i'm broken mm. you know this kind of thing yeah i love that that's great <laughs> it could be interesting i love thinking about <laughs> things and going really deep <laughs> oh well as much of a laugh as we have you know you're also on the right show we go deep and then we go shallow <laughs> we go i mean i'm always in the shallow like <laughs> my whole life is shallow like <laughs> I was about to start singing the Lady Gaga song "Shallow," and I realised I can't. Oh sing. my god! <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> hey, you sing your theme song. I do, oh, and it's great. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I really love um, music, and um, like all, most of my own performance is parodies of of like pop songs and and well known songs, and they're always about 
um, sex and just <laughs> filth. And I love that because it's nothing better than starting up a song and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Spice Girls. And then it's like, oh, it's lovely. Just singing about fisting. Excellent. It's sort of, <laughs> and, it, and I love that sort of like to disarm people. I think that's why I like to drop the accent as well, because mm. I know like just when if you looked at me when I'm in drag, you it's sort of like there's the beard and you can obviously tell that this is like someone, this is a male body person dressed up in drag. There's no denying that. Yeah. But when I'm doing the character, I think people get totally sucked into it. You weirdly do. Yeah. And then when you drop the accent, you're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> alarming. Yeah, and I like that. I like to sort of remind people, actually, don't forget, <laughs> this is this is all just uh, an illusion. <laughs> I, I, I love it when people do that. Or like when they do a deliberately deep voice, like, oh, oh yeah. No, I would do that too. I would do that on purpose. I'd definitely drop it an octave or so lower than it should be. Because no, then you get the real uh, the, the real impact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. It's wonderful. Actually, that's something that's interesting about Hedvig. They do do you think they change their voice at all? Or is that just how they speak anyway? Because when you hear them as Hansel they sound the same. Mm. I like that they they don't change their voice when they become Hedvig. But again, you you don't ever, as the viewer, maybe just you know because of our perspective, maybe other viewers wouldn't see it the same way. But you don't ever like get confused about their gender. You're like, oh, it's a woman. Mm. It's Hedvig. Well, it's a real trip, isn't it, for them? Really, when you think about it, you know, if mm. they've had, if they if they went, if they under if they undergone surgery. You know, like sort of like the under duress, perhaps. Mm. Then, then to be left, do you would sort of be like, well, they are, they are who they are, and that sounds yeah, that sounds a bit naff, but <laughs> no, they are who they are. They're sort of they're not. Um, they're they're nothing else. There's nothing. There's nothing more there than than who they actually are. So that because they're not playing a character, are they? But no. Suppose the stage and you know when they're gifted the the wig and all of that in in that scene mm. um and they and they find this this version of themselves you know is yeah. they're still they're still the same yeah yeah no absolutely they do kind of put on an armor almost of the rock star yeah. but hedvig themselves they are still themselves yeah Exactly. That's that's exactly it. It plays into that whole um, narrative. Mm. I completely took that for granted, you know, to be honest. I never really thought of that. I just, you know, I, I didn't even think about the the voice, actually. Oh, well, this, this is what we're here for, you know, you know. We've had a couple of people write in. I say we, it's me making the show. Uh, a couple of people write in saying the same thing. Like someone who played Hedvig on stage, not Two weeks ago. Oh, no way. Yep, saying thank you. Uh, you've given me new perspective on it with your conversations. So there you are. Oh, that's fab. Yeah. Pussy Delish, they're called. Uh, and they played Hedvig for, um, that was a good few shows looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So go and check them out, everybody. There's a couple of videos I shared to the Instagram, but that was only a story, so it's now gone. Uh, so go on their page. <laughs> I'll have to have a look as well. That's what I'll do yeah. afterwards, actually. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, Hedvig uh, to Yitzhak, they're kind of apologizing, aren't they, to Yitzhak? The only way she knows how, you know, take this wig, be you. You've earned that. Mm. I fucked you over. So they, they, they give them the wig. Yitzhak you know, jumps off the stage and you've got some wonderful lyrics again. You're shining like the brightest star transmission on the midnight radio. You're spinning like a 45. It's a record. It's old people stuff. <laughs> Ballerina dancing to your rock and roll. And uh, it's been so long since Yitzhak has, has placed this wig upon their head. But she, the drag queen, has grown once more before our eyes. It's lovely. And she falls back in a, in a trust fall which I would never trust anyone to catch. Oh my me. god, yeah, that's that's pretty significant decision, isn't it? Mm. I suppose it is kind of maybe it's about trust and stuff literally, but no. No, 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 no. I'm not crowd surfing. I I had to help carry once Adore Delano who was crowd surfing. And it's awkward as fuck. Oh, yeah, because you're grabbing a bit of your... It's like you're holding someone's leg, aren't you, or something? Or Yeah, and you're trying not to be the creep who grabs her ass. Oh, no. But things happen in the melee. <laughs> Do you think people get away? Do you think people get away with that? I... It happens. Like, I think they do. Some people do it deliberately. I, they blatantly do. And then there's me, who's awkwardly trying not to, so of course oh. accidentally does. Do you know what? If I did that and someone pitched my ass, I wouldn't even feel it because <laughs> I literally, I'm so padded, I wouldn't, even, <laughs> I wouldn't even know. Like when I got the pads for the first time, it changes your, your spatial awareness. It's, it's massively effective. And I keep bumping into things or people. <laughs> knocking drinks over yes. your hips. <laughs> I'm knocking people left, right and centre. And when I got pregnant, as well, it was the same because they were just, they were dangle. <laughs> there was one time I had, I'll tell you this story. I had this, um, I had to work, I did like a rude waitressing in a cafe in, in, oh, in, great. in East London. And um, when I was walking around talking to the, to the customers, I, I, uh, <laughs> I had like a, a swimsuit on and I had this breastplate <laughs> and as I leant over to speak to the, 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 the guy in the, in the restaurant sat at the mm. table, the, the, the breastplate fell out of the, <laughs> of the top, <laughs> but they knocked him in the face and they knocked his glasses. So they knocked his glasses wonky. <laughs> oh, you pay extra for that. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't. I was just like mortified. I was like, oh, oh my Lord. In character. I'd love it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Push, scooping them back in again. It was honestly one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. No, that's perfect. That, that makes the night even better. This or, is or afternoon. Come, this has all come from, um, from crowd surfing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Just reminded me. <laughs> I suppose, though, the difference you would have is uh, a daughter line of someone who does not pad. Um, I think they were feeling everything. <laughs> and they probably didn't care. Imagine. <laughs> I mean, they are pretty, like, um, rock and roll, aren't they? Yeah. They, that's why they like, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Literally. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm there going, oh, oh, Sorry. <laughs> Oh my god! Although, do you know what? It's funny. I, when I when I met Adore, um, so like I, I uh, in a in a in a past life, I used to 
be creative director for um, Loverboy magazine, which oh, is right, a, yeah. an independent queer title. Um, mm. I say in another life, I've not, you know, I'm not officially out the door with it, but I haven't really done a lot for them for a while. Mm. Um, but we did a we did this really fab shoot with um, photographer Greg Bailey, and um, why do I know that name? Ah, huh? why do I know that name? They had a they have a really fab book and they also um do All Right Darling, which is now a podcast, which was That's it. Yeah. Which was before was uh um a scene that I also worked yeah. with them for the first I think I did like the first two issues with them as a designer. <laughs> oh, I have them uh here. Actually. Oh, do you? The, yeah, yeah. I have fought with them like I think it was uh it was the AAA girls. Let me First have a look because um, I have digital copies as well. Oh, that is such a dream. Yeah, so I did all the design for that. But when so I... issue one has Alaska on the front. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> when I, we did this Lover Boy, we did this shoot with Vador Delano. Greg uh, shot it and um, Joe Harwood was was in it as well. And mm. um, I met Adore at um, the Meth Lab in Camden. Oh, yeah. That, uh, me, the drag queen, formerly meth. <laughs> Just for anyone's like, what what am I talking about? They had that their night there and I met a door there. And I I'm quite a hands-on person myself. Oh but, right. And I do forget that people aren't probably used to that. <laughs> so Especially I'm, now. Well, that's it. I mean, now, definitely. But I was just like, oh my God, I do it. So lovely to see you. And I went over and I gave them a big hug and I gave them a kiss. Because that's oh, they seem like someone who wouldn't care. That's kind of how I'm. Oh no, hun, she looks absolutely mortified, like rigid with shock. Oh really? Yeah. And and I was just like, um, I spotted that I'd done it, and I thought, oh my god, I I just can't say anything to them because I'm (laughs) so awful. I want to run, want to run away and die. So I literally just was like, oh my god, thanks so much for doing the shit. But this is really great. Hope you liked it. Okay, bye. bye. I (laughs) ran away because I was like, oh, I can't believe that. You know, I'd completely forgot myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I would have thought that they were someone who wouldn't care. You know, they're just like a cool, nice musician, drag queen. Speaking of musicians. So, Hedvig now uh, starts listing her idols, almost. She says, here's to Patty and Tina and Yoko, Aretha and Nona and Nico. I know, I know most of these. But then they also say... And me, which at first, when you first hear the song and you really pay attention to the words, you're like, and me, are you saying you're an icon? That's a bit narcissistic. But the next lines clarify it for me because she says, and all the strange rock and rollers, you know, you're doing all right. So hold on to each other. You've got to hold on tonight. So to me, that's like Hedvig saying, yes, me, but also you. We are all stars. It's almost like dropping the ego. It's the complete opposite. Mm. It kind of brings tears to my eyes. I'm not going to lie. It speaks to the heart, the soul. Hold on to each other. Except now, you're not allowed to touch each other. (laughs) Metaphorically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Across uh, (laughs) space and time and the, the airwaves and the ether, you know, touch each other's soul. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's true. It is true. It's like it's. I think, you know, on that note, uh, community is really important. Um, and and it is and making you know and finding a space that you can occupy and feel welcome in and thrive mm-hmm. 
and it's you know a lot of people can't find that it's sort of like it's nice to know mm. that even though you may be alone you're not necessarily mm. alone because there are people that are like you out there yeah exactly and that, that's what this song says to me i know obviously you can interpret it lots of different ways but to me that's the main thing i get out of it no i like that i'll buy that i'll buy what yeah. you're selling <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real feeling of yeah Hedvig. they're not putting themselves above the audience anymore it's like no we're, we're in this together we're all fucked up we're all trying to do our best yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and that's something the world needs to fucking pay attention to we're, uh, we're all messed up people we're all just trying to get by Stop screwing with everyone. You can screw everyone. That's fine. But... <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I mean, responsibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do you. But, you know, as the Spice Girls said, put it on. Put it on. <laughs> oh, my God. When I found out that song was about safe sex, it blew my mind. I was like, what? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Be a little bit wiser, baby. There's put a... it on. And, you know, there's a really interesting, I can't remember what it was, but they changed the lyrics to the song. Because it was like um, I can't well, like a live one. They no in the actual. Uh, I can't remember if it was the album edit or the the single version or the radio edit or one of the. Oh, it'll be the radio single, won't it? They had an edit, but they changed the words though because I thought it was quite significant. Actually, it's like, I was about like twelve years old when it came out, and the mm. the line was "boys and girls feel good together," and they changed it to Ooh. something else and i can't for the life of me think of what the lyric was but they changed it to so that was it, it wasn't um say so it wasn't boys and girls oh, i was gonna say is it did they change it in a better way to like yeah, make it more they did. They, open yeah. yeah they made it not so much about like heterosexuality maybe it's the album one because i could imagine the single one they're like no 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 the radio say you can't say this You've got to make it clear that it's straight. I wonder, I can't, I have to be honest, I can't remember, but I do recall being like 12 years old in Ooh. Christmas of 1996 <laughs> when that song came out. Oh, Jesus. Right? Um, yeah, thinking, oh my God, that's so crazy. Like, I mean, I'll, I think I, I'd be 10. So a little bit younger, but <laughs> I still, you know, that even better in a way. To, it's weird, isn't it? The lyrical content of things like the Spice Girls shouldn't be for people who are 10, 11, 12, yet they love it. <laughs> I, what, no. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. There's nothing untoward, but, you know, it's um, it's more things maybe they wouldn't understand. Oh, to oh my God, yeah, yeah. it goes over our heads, doesn't it? Yeah, I never knew it, what it was singing about <laughs> at all. But in a weird way, I think that's a good thing because it kind of gets into your consciousness, but it's not anything... <laughs> obscene well you know i used to really love garbage <laughs> oh yeah hell yeah and they had that song <laughs> I, oh, this is so bad that i can't remember the name of the song but she's singing um, golden showers what? oh yeah yeah <laughs> do you remember the lyric in that song and as a kid when you I just think up. oh that's a nice lyric hey golden showers is it that one <laughs> when i grow up out in the tables it's that one, isn't it? Da, da, da. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, version yeah. two point zero. Yeah, and I remember That's the one. being in my living room singing that song, <laughs> thinking about golden showers, not knowing what any of it meant to my mum, <laughs> who must have. Been, I mean, I don't even know if my mum knew what it meant. Like, probably not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> if it was my mum, then she would definitely have known. 
you know like oh my god honestly oh, it god. makes me laugh when i think about that actually yeah i used to be <laughs> stuff didn't know what i was talking about probably like you know i'll look back on this um podcast in about 10 years <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was i saying literally you it would have been like what who was that person they had on oh well if you're like me right other than the edit i refuse to listen to myself oh my god like i won't do it i won't do it and i do a batman podcast three days a week and have done for three years and so i don't know how many how many is that it's i don't know like 500 600 episodes including bonus episodes and patreon episodes never listen to it yeah (laughs) i can i totally feel that (laughs) i refuse to i won't do it i I don't edit the batman one because my co-host has more free time so he edits it but i edit this one so other than the edit, though, I, I, obviously I'm kind of listening there, but I'm not listening, listening. Well, I said to my boyfriend the other week when I was watching back a tape, I was like, do I do I talk like that normally? Like, do, I was like, <laughs> I think I sound really fake. And he was like, no, you sound like that all the time. And I was like, oh, my oh, God. No. I was like, I sound, do I sound fake all the time? <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I always think, like, do people think I'm acting? Yeah, no, it's like, it's just, I just I just sound like a tip. No, that's it. He said to me, he said, it's your telephone voice. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, do I have a telephone? Maybe I do. I don't know. Like, I think when you sort of, I'm definitely one of those um, people that when, when you put a drink in him, suddenly it's, it, it all just becomes like very, um, what, what I call like aggro North London. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone changes with a drink. I have to, I've worked out the perfect formula for this show. I have to have two drinks and then do the show. Oh my God, that's crazy. I can't have one. I don't get chatty enough. I can't have three. It, it goes a little bit off the rails. Do you know it's what? It's two. It's really interesting because two of my friends used to have a podcast called Free Drinks In. Oh, they, they, they work for them. It's three, isn't it? Yeah, it was free and they would drink them. And you by the end of the of the episode, it was just like carnage. And it's only free. <laughs> but they would just be like, but it was really funny how it was. It, the inhibitions would go by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a formula to this. You've got to work it out for yourself. Everyone's different. And I'm on medication, so I can't have as much as I used to. Oh, but... my God. You know what? Me too. I can't because I'm, I'm on oh. the moment. So I'm like, I can't. Also, you know, I'm old. <laughs> I'm older than you, aren't I? Two years older I'm like, than me. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get it then. You relate. <laughs> oh my god do you know um, i was gonna say that so you know your your batman um podcast mm-hmm. like my my next door neighbor he is obsessed with um dc oh, and yeah. literally his living room he's got all of these um in his television unit he's got all the he's got batman um I don't even know half of these people, half of the characters <laughs> from the universe that he's got them all in the cabinet. It's like these really beautiful models. Amazing. They're and so expensive. All of, Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And then he's got, um, Oh gosh. Then he's got like all of the, he's got like uh, pictures on the wall of like um, Batman and Catwoman and the Joker. Um, but he, he also he's a massive fan, but he also works as um, a West end uh, reporter and Broadway reporter. Oh, okay. I just thought to myself, but I'm, I'm, I'll send you his details because you might be interesting to talk to. Yeah, but, that's a weird combination of uh, the two things. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And like he, he does a lot of, um, he does, 
it was work. He would work about six months, I think it was. I could be wrong, but he'd work for an extended period of time in New York um, on Broadway, interviewing lots of the actors and actresses that are in the musicals there. And then he would do the same thing on the West End as well. Oh, compare and contrast. Yeah, but it's mm. like I know that he's he's he did one for Death Drop, which is the play that's on at the Garrick at the moment, or starting on uh, in December. Uh, oh, is that the Courtney Act one? It's the one with yeah, written by Holly Stars and uh, yeah, Monet Exchange and Courtney Act and uh, Louis Cipher, Vinegar Strokes, uh, Keeper <gasps> Bob. I'm trying to think of everything oh. now. Oh, and Anaphylactic, of course, from Manchester. Oh, my God. Like the icon herself. Like, amazing. Do you know what? I Years ago, I know we're going totally off the beaten track, but years ago when I, I used to date a guy that lived in Manchester, we'd go out on Canal Street and around out, around and about on the scene. And every time we'd go out and I would, I'd visit once a month, if we ever mm. went to a venue where, um, like, uh, Cha Cha Boudoir was on or, you know, or Anaphylactic was performing, mm. she'd always say hello to me. Oh, that's like, nice. always remembered me. I, I was just thought it was just like remarkable, you know. I was always like, oh my, I always remember that. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've had uh, I've had her housemates on, so to speak. As I've had cheddar and licorice on. So. Oh my gosh, amazing! Yeah, well, we. Oh my gosh, so season three of Gold Rush, we've got um, licorice and um, TT Bang uh, from Drag SOS judging the finale. Oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah! Amazing. I'm hoping that <laughs> we can get. Um, because we had Donna Trump as well before. So I'm yeah, I saw them. Yeah, More yeah. of like the family gorge, the fam gorge. Get a few more of them, go- <laughs> uh, them guys involved and hopefully. Oh, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> yeah, because it's lovely when you're, you know, when you're, when you're a performer and you're starting out and you see all these people and you really admire them and you never get to see them. You might not, you might not ever leave your city to, to see someone else, you know, like that. And then to be, to get to meet them and talk to them or even see them perform in London if they come down and they do that, like, yeah, you know, or yeah. to be judged by them or to get feedback from them, whatever. It's just, it's really, you know, it's really, it's, it's lovely. And then you, the really nice thing as well about it too is like sometimes these people can feel quite remote. Um, and then, you know, they follow the people from the competition and they support them mm-hmm. and they reshare their stuff on their stories or they do Aww. projects together or they book them for gigs and it's just the greatest thing ever you know yeah m- much like this you've got to work together everyone everyone come together help each other out. and there we go that leads back really nicely <laughs> to what we were talking about that led this that, that had this this whole thing about community finding community and well that's what i think is good about this show right Hedvig, of course, is the main topic, but it's also a launching pad for other discussions. I mean, I really appreciate you asking me to come on. <laughs> it's lovely to get oh, thank you. about it. It's really nice. <laughs> um, and also here, actually, someone brought up in an earlier uh, an earlier chapter that Hedvig is is sort of told, like, well, asked by Yitzhak, why don't you write a new song at the beginning of the movie? Like, they're furious because Tommy's, you know, nicked all of their songs. <laughs> So why don't you write a new one? Why can't you, you know, do this genius again? And here, this scene is Hedvig finally writing a new song. All the other songs were the old ones throughout the movie. They're all on Tommy's album. This is not. This is new in the moment. And not only is it fucking great, but for once it's looking forwards. All the other songs were looking backwards. So here they are looking to the future and what, you know, great things are to come. 
All the other stuff was my past, my past, my past. So that's another good thing. Forward momentum, people. We're doing it. We're moving on. Well, it's the moment, isn't it? It's like, you know, as you say, it's really, that's really interesting because, yeah, all of the other songs are them. They're always, it's interestingly enough, the, 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 the main narrative in the film there, is, the story is that they're following Tommy. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly chasing him and they're, they're in his shadow singing their material that he's singing on the bigger stage, getting all the attention for, apparently. And then yeah. at the end, it's, it is really, it's the letting go of everything. It's just like saying, fuck all of this shit. I'm just getting, like, I'm over it now. And it's, it is this new chapter. As you said before, it's that um, rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, okay, it's bad what Tommy's done. But what you're going to do now, like they've, Hedwig's tried everything. It's not helping them emotionally, mentally. It's it's harming them, really. Mm. You've got to, in a weird way, you've got to drop it for your own sake. F- fuck Tommy, who cares? You've got your own thing going. You can do it again. <laughs> you can be a star. And, uh, you know, Hedwig even says, for the misfits and the losers, you know your rock and rollers. I love that bit. This is for us, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, lift up your hands. I normally hate it, right, when songs tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, like a song that tells you the dance moves or a song that is a song purely about how good the song is. Oh, my God. Honestly, do you know what? I have a, I have a similar relationship with performers that mm. will, um, like, flick their hands, like a sort of, like, come on, clap for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck you. I'll clap if you give me something worth clapping about. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I think about. Or when you see some a performer point at their mouth when they're lip syncing. It's like, yeah, I know you're lip syncing. I can see. You don't need to point at your mouth for me to understand it. That's Those are little things that annoy me. <laughs> yeah, if anything, that's less funny. Now you're pointing it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless, unless you're really fucking it up and you're pointing that out, then yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> Flip that narrative on its head for me, please. I like that, but yeah. Definitely. No, I'm the same. Like when, um, or, or the worst, the worst of all uh, is when somebody, you know, does gets you to cheer. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, you can do better than oh, that. Oh, my God. Like, Fuck oh, off. Don't even, I know, yeah, please don't talk to me about that. I re- There's so many things that I see happen with, with uh, hosts or people performing. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, don't do it. <laughs> oh, not a fan. Exactly. Because it's, do you know what I think? The thing that it is that winds me up about it is that it's not humble. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you should be doing this for me. <laughs> exactly. There's no humility in it. It's like, you know, you, you'll get, you'll get the, uh, the applause if, you know, at the end of it. <laughs> if you've earned it. Yeah, well, but the thing is, as much as I hate it, <laughs> right, Hedvig gets away with it. You know, fuck it. I do this every time. I'm watching this on my own and I'll just be like, woo, put my hands up. <laughs> Usually because I'm like half a bottle of wine deep by this point. I'm like, yeah. You're invested in it. Yeah. So you, you feel it and you, you can get caught up in the emotion and you're like, oh, like, okay, yeah, you've earned it, Hedvig. I'm lifting up my fucking hands. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love, I love, you love this film so much. You can quote it, I'm sure. Mostly, mostly. Some people can still quote it better than me. Oh, my God. I know. It's weird. Isn't that infuriating? 
it, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have that moment as like a fellow geek. I understand. <laughs> I like to have that moment myself. If if I'm if if I'm with yeah. somebody and I'm starting the quote and they finish it and I don't get to say it or I fumble it, I feel this sort you of bastard. instant geek shame. <laughs> It is frustrating. It really is. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, we do see an animation of the tattoo, as we say, becoming mm. whole again. But then it's not just in an animated form. We cut to the real world and it has changed, transformed, as has Hedvig. Ba-ba-ba-ba. The song itself is over. Do you have anything to say about the song before we, we move on to the next bit, because it's a wonderful song. I think it's great. It's moving. It's emotional. It's powerful. It's very unlike the others. It, it feels like David Bowie. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 100%. I can see that. I can see that. I did think it is very Bowie-esque. Like, mm. um, is it one of your favourites? Because I, I try and match people kind of opposite to what I think in a weird way. Like, I think you'll like it. But I like, uh, for instance, when I had a borer on, I gave them one of the other most serious ones because I thought, well, they're not a serious person. Like they're kind of funny and crazy and wacky. So I want to see what they say about yeah. it. Yeah. So do you love this one? Um, I, No, it's not one of my favorites, if I'm honest. Hmm. So I, I'm not being through the type. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, do you, wanna, do you want me to say or do you want to guess maybe? I'm so, hmm. I'm really basic. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say you like Wig in a Box. <laughs> do you know what? I have to tell you, um, a, a friend of mine performs this song and it's uh, it's the Sugar Daddy. Oh, I didn't even think of Sugar Daddy for it. Yeah. Oh, no, that's even more perfect. It, that fits. It's because of that scene where they're in the diner. Oh, that's a classic. That's, that's what I had licorice and cheddar on for. That's the, that is the scene, isn't it? The sugar dad, they sing sugar daddy and it's in the... Yep, yep. Yeah, because that's like an iconic scene for me. I really love that. And um, that's the one, that's the the scene and the song that I always think about when I think about the film. That seems to be quite a common thing lately. Yeah, see, to me, I lean more like, yeah, wig in the box is Hedvig to me. But a lot of people are going with sugar daddy lately. That seems to be, yeah. And that's why, yeah, whenever anyone performs it, and as, as, as I say, like someone uh, that I know down here, they perform it. And it's like, um, just so, it's so funny because I'm always like, oh my God, I immediately just start thinking of like them clambering over like <laughs> old men and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it totally fits Taylor Trash. Oh yeah, she loves that. I mean, although I don't think she, I don't think that Taylor would ever get up and do that. She's too much, of a, she's too much of a lady. Oh, oh, of course, but... of course. <laughs> oh, I think it's great. It goes with the whole vibe, though. The music's like, uh, like a country kind of song. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. <laughs> well, before we do the music recommendations, I have one tiny little bit, which normally lasts a little while, but I haven't got a lot to say today. So, this segment is called Ostalgie. So, it's them thinking back about things that they miss about East Germany. Because, you know, obviously there were bad things, but, you know, a fondness for the past, a nostalgia. So I actually found this really tough because I have to tie it into the episode. Okay. And obviously this is mostly just a song. There's not a lot yeah. of other stuff happening. So it was really tough for me. So I've gone back to the well a second time for a second helping of East German rock and roll. 
So, people, we're going to keep it short. I found a playlist compilation, which is available on Spotify, uh, created by the East German state-owned record label Amiga. And I'll put a link on the social media because there's amazing songs on here. Like, there's loads of good stuff. It's, like, weird. There's some pop songs. There's some post-punk. There's some punk, which you don't imagine East Germany had, but it it did. (laughs) And it was all on this state record label, bizarrely. Um, And two two tracks really stood out to me. So check these out first. There's Artig by the band Feeling B. And the other one, actually, is going to be my mus- one of my musical choices, so I'm going to shut up about that now. <laughs> so go and listen to that, everyone. That's the best I could do with my ostalgy this chapter. So we will do the music recommendations now. I have two because I'm a narcissistic prick. So my first one is, it's another David Bowie track, people, Rock and Roll Suicide. It had to be that, right? Because it's very similar sounding to this song. In a good way, though. It evokes Bowie without copying Bowie. Um, Midnight Radio. So I'm going with David Bowie's Rock and Roll Suicide, and I'm going to tell you, don't go and watch that new uh, David Bowie movie that's come out because it's not endorsed by the family. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Stardust. Not endorsed by the family, so they're not allowed to use any music of David Bowie. Oh, How interesting. I didn't even know there was a film coming out. I literally have been living under a rock. Mm, it's apparently a pile of shade. Oh, that's <laughs> that, isn't it? So, uh, what what is your music choice? Is it your own song? Oh my god! Well, yeah, actually, it is. <laughs> well, it had to be. I know, but the thing is, I was like, oh gosh, what can I what could I choose? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I worked on um, the theme tune for my for my beautiful drag competition, The Gold Rush, which you can watch on Ooh. YouTube.com forward slash Trash TV Official um, with a brilliant. Um, uh, artist performer in from Brighton called Psycho Fag. Uh, oh, they, they do the music to the All Right Darling podcast. Don't they? Yes, it, indeed, mm-hmm. exactly. So we're all we're all like um, in bed with one another, all of us, one way or another. Um, which is again, which is a really lovely thing because it does come back to community, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I was introduced to uh, Psycho Fag through um, Dick Day, who was in oh. one of Gold Rush, and. Um, Psychofag had actually helped them write a song for one of the weeks of the competition. Oh my God, no, it's not the, the amazing one. I'm Dick Day. It no. is. Yes, it is. Oh, fuck. yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Honestly, like, it's the best thing ever. I would, people go it, check to out Dick Day and check out um, Psychofag. But uh, yeah, we got to, I, I, I saw, uh, saw that and I was like, oh my God, that's, it was such a brilliant, brilliant piece of music and performance <laughs> and um and then i was like i need to know who this who this is so then i spoke to psychofag and we uh, wrote the song together well he wrote the song i wrote the lyrics um and my brief was really like i love um dance pop from the 90s that's like my my mm. favorite thing so i was like i really want this to sort of be like a, a living joy moment um, oh, okay. And then we we sort of were inspired by "Where Can I Find Love" by Living Joy, and um, wrote the theme tune to the competition. And the whole the whole uh, theme of the song really is just about um, it, it's sort of like it is one of those songs that's a little bit narcissistic. Like, oh, you know, this this is me introducing Taylor to an audience. You know, um, well, you have to, right? That's the whole point. Well, this is it. This is what I, this is what I thought. And also, the other thing too is. 
when I do perform the song, I get to promote the web series and I'm just really desperate to, to, to get that web series to take off and be seen by as many people as possible and for people to engage and follow the performers that take part in it. Like it's, it's like my, it's become my life's work and my partner's life's work now because he <laughs> edits all of the web series himself. Um, oh, well, let me just say, right. My favorite thing about the show is the editing because a, there's so many jokes in the edit. Like that's how a lot of the jokes come across. I think, especially like the backstage bits where it's like, you know, just before it's announced who's, uh, <laughs> who's going to be, you know, who's up for elimination and things that, and you're interviewing people and things. The edit on that is just fucking sublime. Those segments <laughs> um, were supported by uh, Madonna Kebab. Oh. So in season two, Madonna Kebab um, helped uh, Sammy, my partner, to edit those bits together. Oh, and they've they've got amazing. a really they're, they're hilarious. Madge is just like a genius person. <laughs> I know we've completely gone off the beat, the, off the off what we were talking about, but yeah, my my recommendation is the Gold Rush by me, Miss Taylor Trash, which is available <laughs> to stream on iTunes and Spotify and Deezer and Napster and all sorts of streaming services like SoundCloud too. <laughs> Hey, excellent. Well, it's going on the list, everybody. That's my th- I love that song, though. I have to say, I do love that song. <laughs> it's amazing. It gets really stuck in your uh, head after about two seconds. I'm really grateful. <laughs> you know, what's really fab is we just started before lockdown, we started doing the heats for season four, and um, we played the theme tune at the beginning of the night, and the whole audience sings along. Everyone knows the song. It's oh. really lovely. <laughs> oh, that is nice. I, I I would be as well. Be <laughs> I'd have to sing it. I'd have and I to. walk I walk on the stage and I look like someone's uncle at a wedding, <laughs> <laughs> dancing on stage like Theresa May at that. Um, <laughs> that's me to my theme tune at the beginning of every week. <laughs> well, people will be like, "Oh, this is this is a hilarious act," and you're like, "I'm doing my best." <laughs> um, hun, no one ever says this is a hilarious act when they see me performing. <laughs> Oh, I wish no, they would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do. They do. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, oh. my other choice is uh, Born in the GDR by, oh, God, I don't know. I think it's Sandow. It could be Sando. Oh. I think it's Sandow. Now, this is, uh, it's a play on Born in the USSR uh, by the Beatles. Oh. Uh, and it's East German rock. And it was partly interpreted at the time as like a, a hymn of praise for the East German state. But the band members have said it's actually it's actually a parody. And uh, because of that, actually, the band refused to play it later at concerts because people didn't get that they were kind of making fun and taking the piss. So in the 90s, they updated the words to make it explicitly obvious. Now, hang on, we're making fun of the government. <laughs> Like, don't get it wrong, people. Come on, this is a joke. Oh, wow. I think that's hilarious that there's two versions. So this this is the original version, though. Because um, I, I always like the original because I'm a hipster. <laughs> I'm retro. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> that's the great thing about parody. Yeah. Oh, I love it when people don't get it. Yeah, when people don't get it. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> as long as it's done with, like, a love then I think it's fine. Oh, exactly. That's, I mean, I can, I can understand that because like, I'm obviously not a, a woman from the south of the United States. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you're not being cruel. Oh, no, I just love, I just love trashiness. 
<laughs> like I just love that kind of like trash aesthetic. I just think it's great. And I love the warmth and the charm of the South. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff that's wrong with the South. And I know that's a, that's a separate conversation, but like the thing that I like about it is the, the warmth and the, the welcoming of, of it. And that's how I perceive it. And I like that. There's nothing, you know, it's, there's nothing better than the idea of walking into a, a, into a bar, not knowing anybody and being welcomed by a warm hug, you know, that kind of thing. Like Aww, that's sort of, that's adorable. That's sort of how I want my, that's how I see my drag character. Like, because I had people in the past say to me, they thought that it was like malicious or, um, Really? Oh yeah, I got told it was cultural appropriation. Oh, I was just on. like, all right, like you know, that, <laughs> that's definitely not what it is. It's a homage. It's big. I mean, come on. I was born in the eighties. I grew up watching Americana, <laughs> music. You know, everything, movies. Yeah. It's all so heavily influenced by America. You know, who doesn't want to have big hair? <laughs> oh God, I wish I had any hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god honestly like that's how i feel i just like it's living my fantasy so i can <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah and it, you know it's not everything but intent is important exactly oh well that's it because people have said that to me i have met americans before in bars and i have been to america as taylor as well and like Ooh. people have all everybody's responded really well to it it's only been people that either aren't Americans or people that wanted to sort of like tear me down for some reason that would bring it up. And I'd just be like, you know, okay, go on. (laughs) Bastards. Although I like the way you inadvertently quoted Hedvig by saying, tear me down. Oh, there we go. I live. This is excellent. (laughs) Well, before we head off, do you have any final things to say about this scene or this, this song or the, the fashions or anything? Or You don't have to. Oh, my gosh. I can't think because we covered so much. I think that the only thing I could say is that it is really like a, a massive stark departure from the rest of the film because the, the, the choice of, of song is so different. It's a different tempo. Um, yeah. It really feels like it reminds me very much of Rocky Horror when um, Frankenfurt is singing I'm Going Home. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. That I never thought of that. Where they sort of they've been on this sort of crazy demonic internal journey, and then actually it's all spun out, and they're sort of like it's like going crazy, and then finishing and standing there like <sighs> like that kind of yeah. breath. You've done it. You've got over it. You've just you've exercised your own demons, and everything is it's all white as well everything's pure white and everyone's dressed in white then suddenly when um oh i can never say their name properly <laughs> yitzhak. yitzhak i'm so sorry yitzhak but then when yitzhak <laughs> has this moment where they have they take the wig and then suddenly they're they're crowd surfing but they're this big shock of like pink yeah on all, totally on all of the like against all of that white it's just like you know, there's. I think there's there's a lot to be said for that scene, really, when you think about it. It's really it's the penultimate scene, isn't it? It is. It is. There's there's technically only one more episode left, people. This has been a long journey over a year, but I'm gonna keep the show going with bonus material. Ooh, we love a bonus. <laughs> well, um, hopefully you all like my bonus. Oh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, maybe, I don't know. L- listeners are probably repulsed now. They've all turned <laughs> off. It's come from a love letter to a death threat, hasn't it? 
<laughs> Hell yeah. I, I'm after the death threat. Send them oh in. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, yeah, a kidnapping note. What? <laughs> ransom note. That's it. A ransom note. Oh, my God. Do it. But, um, you know, as you say, everything's white. And that also did kind of make me think one thing I didn't bring up is, like, the whole beginning, I love how slow it is. Because, you know, Hedvig with her eyes closed, it feels kind of um, meditative. You know, uh, there's almost a Buddhist feel, like the, there is an enlightenment that they, they have reached. And it's I, I wish that upon everyone. Hedvig does now as well. They're, they're hoping everyone else can discover themselves and grow and become who they want to be and need to be and are meant to be. Beautiful. Oh, I, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish I could say anything beautiful. Well, again, I'm, I'm buying what you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> Normally we would head off down the road to the next gig, but there isn't another gig, people. So we're going we're gonna to stumble out into the alleyway, into the street, uh, so you can join us again next time. Uh, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you online, like your social media and whatnot? I know you said the YouTube, but you've got Instagram and things. Oh, yes. Whilst you're stumbling out of the alleyway, you can find me on my knees <laughs> behind a dumpster <laughs> with a long queue forming. <laughs> um, you can, if you would love to to see more of my my ass, you can follow me on Instagram at Miss Taylor Trash. Um, that's Taylor, not trailer. Um, and I suppose Instagram is really the only place that I'm active, um, other than the, the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash trash TV official. And I, I also do, um, Animal Crossing Island reviews and toys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, right? Because I'm so annoyed that I don't have a Switch. Oh, <laughs> get one. Treat yourself. <laughs> it's the best thing oh. ever. I love my Switch. Oh, I, I need one. But I it's hard to justify it to myself when I've got like a million other things that I never use. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But honestly, it's, uh, it's everything. It's everything. I mean, I'm a massive Pokemon player as well. So, like... I mean, get into it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Check that out, everybody. Yeah. And come and speak to me on Facebook at Hedvig's Wicked Little Town. That's a wonderful little group. And Twitter at Hedvig Pod, which I'm trying to use more. I keep saying this every episode. I'm trying to use the Twitter more. But most importantly, I'm on Instagram, Hedvig Pod. That's where you can check me out. And also, you know, come to the Patreon. Donate a couple of dollars a month. Not much. And you get bonus shows for this, where we're covering the movie Rent. And you get bonus shows for my Batminute podcast, where we just cover whatever the fuck we like. And I've started reviewing comic books on the side because uh, I'm off work at the moment and I'm bored. So, you know, well, come and check all of that. What ones are you reviewing? Uh, well, I first reviewed uh, Hellblazer Rise and Fall because that ties into a couple of things. It's a DC comic. But he's from Liverpool, and he's queer. Oh, fascinating. Well, he's, he's bi, uh, and he, he's actively bi. It's not just lip service. <laughs> what a screen. Um, yeah, so, and then I also reviewed um, a independent comic called The Glitter Vipers. Oh. Which is about a drag queen in Manchester. No way. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they're out and about with their mates, and they get attacked by some thugs. So it's about they get revenge. Oh, wow. It's like a revenge fantasy where they form a gang to defend the streets. 
from bastards. Oh my, like vigilantes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they like hit them with a pink glittery baseball bat. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. It's great. So uh, yeah, you can come and listen to me talk shite about that for like half an hour. Oh, that so there, there you go. And uh, I will see you again for the grand finale of Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch. Bye. Yeah.